Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. I found out what bread sauce was today. That is Bread nasty. sauce? Bread sauce. I was reading this thing about British Christmases. It is literally... Sauce made out of bread is nasty sounding. It is na- it's like. Why am I not surprised that it's a British thing? Oh, because I don't know. They're the, they seriously, this is what the Wikipedia article says. It says, a br- so the sole survivor of the medieval bread thickened sauces. That should tell you right now, don't eat that shit. Oh, I've made bread sauce before, I think. Oh. <laughs> Nasty. Nastiness. Well, so. hi, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go around the room. Oh, are we are we a lot are we now recording? We've been recording. When well, I, I say you- hi, it's <laughs> Jonathan. What do you think that means? Earlier when I was talking about bread sauce, I was like, oh, we're not started yet. That's cold and- open. Oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> We all make me think about things. My name is Jules, and I think the British people need to abolish bread sauce. Okay, who's next? The only John. There you go. Okay, and I'm John, and I'm currently stationed 20 minutes from the Mexican border working on a film. So if I drop out, it's because the Rio Grande Valley has really crappy internet. So uh, I, I saw that picture you posted of your arm in Mexico. Yep. Maybe that's not Wait, something that air quotes Mexico. Me- air quotes Mexico. Have you yes. thought about trying to put your dick into Mexico? Uh, unfortunately, it's too small to fit through there. Okay. <laughs> well, that answers that. Hi, Jules. Hey, what's up? So let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons, not. Putting our privates into Mexico. Yeah, that, that border wall is like 20 or 30 miles from the actual border. We were just using it as a location for the film. Okay. Ah. But it's like probably 20 feet tall and like solid metal. Our lead actor tried climbing up it and just got completely scraped up and it was ridiculous. So we've had to make up his arms the past couple shoot days so it doesn't look like he got torn up climbing a wall. Ooh. We were also at the end of it, and like literally, if that were trying to stop illegal immigrants, all they had to do was walk like thirty feet to the right and then just walk around it because it ends at one point. <laughs> yeah, I 
So it always really bugged me how people were like, well, you know, everybody, walls in the past have been built to keep people out. Most archaeology done about like the wall, Hadrian's wall, that giant ass wall that was built by sort of white people. They were trading posts, like a lot of like the stuff, like a lot of the walls, like if you actually go back, it's more like outpost and border demarcation throughout history. And it wasn't a like, we're going to keep everybody out. Like it was just like a fence line sort of. Yeah. Like if you think about how long it actually physically took to build Hadrian's wall and Trajan's wall and to build, or sorry, the Antonine wall and Hadrian's wall and to build the Great Wall of China, like years, decades. And the idea that those would be actually keeping anybody out who really, really wanted to get in. Like, yes, no, the mom, like it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just utterly fucking ridiculous. And the fact that like people like think they're citing something, they're like, they're like, well, you know, this is, and you're just sitting there like, what is, what is going on in your brain when you like think about this? Like, like, I would like seriously people who think there actually needs to be a wall because they think it will work. Like what is Wait, do you know like, what that wall won't stop? Carlton motherfucking tanks. No, it won't stop. I will Carlton. just cleave it in twain. Yes. Do you have an axe that's high enough to split walls in two? Oh, I will. At some point I will find an axe that's big enough to split a wall. I have a name, like, this is weird, but, like, I have a name for when I finally get a mace that's, like, really cool and awesome. I'm so excited for it. I just need Lauren to... We need to go shopping at, like, the fantasy, like, mall. Mall of oh, fantasy. Give us any Black Friday deals. Black Friday deals, Mall of Fantasy America, Mall of Fantasy, Greenest Fantasy. We could go to the market and we could go like with some coupons. We should be able to get some coupons. Lauren needs to be here. I've got suggestions for her. Well, in the meantime, I, <laughs> so what is the, like, you mentioned you wanted to name your weapon something. What oh. did you want to, what did you want to name so, it? I, my sister, when we were in high school, I don't like spiders, like really don't like spiders. And she told me one day that she was going to buy me a baseball bat to kill spiders with and it needed a name. And it like, she never did buy me the baseball bat, but we did come up with a name. And so we named it Chester. We did the baseball bat that I didn't have to kill spiders with Chester the Destroyer. So... If I ever get a really cool mace, it is going to be Chester the Destroyer. Chester the Destroyer. I had, <clears throat> I had an axe that one of my dwarves used in in one of our campaigns, and it was like some cordium plus five axe, blah blah blah. But I'm like, no, it's going to be the Fist of the Fallen. Why? Nothing's really fallen. I'm like, I don't know. It just sounds like a cool name, and it was the Fist of the Fallen. Actually, the the best named weapon I ever got was a great sword that one of my paladins uh, was running around with. It was called Seven Bells, and it actually had like on the back of the blade, it had like bells inset. So like if you, I think if you took like a second wind, you got extra defense as the bells kind of rang a little bit. It was cool. I'd, prob I'd probably just name my fancy axe the Cleaver or something like that, because <laughs> you know my intelligence is so high. You should name it like you should name it like Border Crosser. Border Crossing. The border. The border crosser. Your border's been crossed. So well, when the time comes, we'll see. 
by the time this is out, I believe we're up to episode six. Is that? Uh, we just released episode six previously. Right. So, so that was where we had the Wayland's Wagons of Wonder and all that mess. And then we, what else did we do? Did we? Uh, we really got fucking worried about Waylon and his like, I his still flump. haven't showed you his flump. Okay. So in my head, so my, you guys know the, um, the rodent for not the, the not the RUS is from Princess Bride, but from um, uh, the clopping with the the Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the bunny right. rabbit with the yeah. vicious fangs. That's what I thought a flump was. Real fact. That's what I picture in my head. Now it kind of looks like a jellyfish, but at first that was the flump. I thought well, it always looked kind of like a jellyfish because I cheated and googled it. Well, oh, and also, well, the audience might not know what a flump looks like yet. Yeah, I'm just saying, guys, like, I just, like, can you imagine it would, I just imagine it would have looked like a bunny rabbit. It's no, not spoilers. I just changed my mind eventually. But at first I thought when she said flump, because what, what, does that sound like a bunny rabbit type thing? So flumps are kind of a joke monster. And I think that's one of the reasons why Lauren included them. There's a comic that I like called Order of the Stick that is a great D&D comic. And they, like, flumps, I think, were written out of one of the monster manuals. Like, one of the editions just didn't include flumps. And so the flumps were really happy because they were retired. and But they kept getting in trouble. Like, every time a flump would show up, it would get hurt. Accidentally. Oh, poor flumps. Yeah, they're, they're just as friendly in, the, in that comic as they are as they may be in real life. Or not friendly. Maybe they eat brains. Who knows? Maybe they do. Jellyfish sound like the kind of thing that would eat brains. Like, let's be real. Like, I, I what cannot, do they actually I cannot tell you how many things in the Underdark want to eat brains. You've got, like, so there's a, there's a species of monster called a mind flayer. It's also called, like, a, oh, I forget its, it's like, real name. Like, an Albion or something like that. They, like, will take their little mouth tentacles because they look like squids on top, you know, yeah. mouth, mouth squids, and they, they take and they eat your brain. There are illithids. That's what they're called, illithids. And there are several varieties of illithids. Then there are beholders who... I cannot wait to run into a beholder. Beholders will are they eat like, you. Are they, like, behold? Well, me. it's sort of like a play on words, like, I have the beholder, and these are beholders, and they're giant creatures with, like, and I, and then other little eye socks and stuff. Right, they're like the classical, like when you think of D&D, like that's the first monster I think of as a beholder. It's like throughout media and all Not that different dragon? stuff. No, you know, like, because that's too cliche. But beholder. Actually, Luke McKay recently in a, a balls to that had a beholder. Now I have to Google what these things look like because I'm just seeing eyes and tentacles. That's oh, a beholder. That's, that's, that's what they are, yeah. <laughs> You know what? You can't just Google the word beholder. You have to add D&D onto it. I tend to do that for most things just to make it a little bit safer on the internet these days. Okay, so oh, I was trying... really gross. Uh, here, here's a funny uh, uh, Google image search story. I was trying to find the, a GIF for the, uh, for the one scene in Reservoir Dogs where Mr. Brown was like, yeah, all day, all night, dick, 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 dick. And I was like, I want a gift of that. I really do. 
Were you trying don't to send it the jerk face? Google. Because I, I think that you were trying to send it the jerk Google face. That. Google Mr. Brown dick, 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 dick. <laughs> don't. Yeah. The safer bet would just be buy the movie and make your own gift. I have, I own the movie, and so I could probably do that. Especially these days when, like, gift fees are just really, really nice, and you can make them out of Premiere. There we go. But yeah, I feel like that'd be a jerk face gift. I don't think that was jerk face. I think that was, I'm trying to remember the context of it. I can't remember. I, I don't remember why I was looking for that one. It was like one of those days where all my responses in like a thread or whatever was was just like gifts. Like someone posted something yummy, it was yum.gif or so good.gif. And then and that's really the only thing is Tumblr is good for is reaction gifts. But you googled You should have known better. I it made sense in my head at the time. Mhm. Mm -hmm. No, no, it did not. I was going to suggest that since the three of us are here, we could go run the nightfall. And then I remembered that uh, that I Julia five, has a bedtime. Julia has a bedtime. And, and I'm six well, hours from my Xbox. Now, like we could we could stream that now. But yes, I remembered that Rocket John was in BFE. Hey, quick question. I yeah. say uh -huh. the phrase BFE. Who knows what that means? B. Uh, Bravo Foxtrot Echo. BFE. Um, yeah, I'm fucked something. I just keep thinking of the BFG. That's not right. Okay, I thought this was a more common phrase. It means bumfuck Egypt, which is another way of saying just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Rocket John is in BFE right now. I am literally Can in the poorest in county in America. Nowhere, BFN? Let me, let me double check that. that. Uh, fact, because that's what I've been. I've heard that fact thrown around. Let me double check. You're literally in the poorest county in in America. That's what I've been that's told bad. by people that live here, and so I'm double checking. <gasps> Y'all, while he's googling that, oh, you no, know there is a gin liquor called Unicorn Tears. I did not know that. Okay, I'm about I'm to take fan, though. This it is seriously Unicorn Tears gin liquor. Oh my god! Actually, this is really my mom's getting mad. My mom and I were talking tonight about gin. Right, it's the twelfth poorest uh, currently. It's currently oh. the twelfth poorest. I, I uh, double checked my facts from what I was told by the locals. I think they just want to embellish to make themselves look more impressive. Well, right. They, yeah, they're not, what's impressive about being the twelfth poorest county exactly. in the United States? It's all or nothing, really. It's really all or nothing. You really get. You really got to go all the way. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of farms. A lot of a lot of windmills. I've seen a lot of windmills. Like the the giant, uh, yep, wind electric. turbines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those things are awesome. They make a really cool sound when you get really under close under them. <gasps> How close have you gotten? I've touched one. I touched a wind turbine when I was in Portugal. Does that count? Sure. We have a ton of them. There's a small mountain range south of where I live called the Arbuckles, and they so it's it's the part of I-35 if you're going north that's literally cut through a mountain. So you can see where they blasted for this part of the highway. It's, it's very scenic. It's actually really a really, really pretty part of the state. They have installed wind turbines all over the tops of those ridges. Like there are wind turbines 
all over the place there. It is actually really impressive how many turbines they have in that area. And like a lot of times when I'm driving down that way, it's at night. So I'd, I'd never seen these. And we were coming back from, from Jonesy's wedding and just all these wind turbines. I'm like, where the fuck did these things come from? It's pretty awesome. It, it, it's like you can see them from so far away and then you're, ask, uh, you're getting close. You're like, there's no way they're that big. And yeah, they're that big. It's crazy how big they're they are. They're huge. We they looked big when we were in Portugal. They had a bunch of them, and we would like when we'd be driving to like um, to kind of one of the like close by cities from our dig site to go to a Chinese restaurant for dinner. You're <laughs> you're, pop, you're popping your mic a little, Jules. Oh, sorry, it's as low as it'll go. I don't. No, know. no, just just put put it away from your mouth a little. It's as low as it'll go away from my mouth. So funny thing, like the first day of shooting. So we're filming a lot at farms and. It's kind of, there's no GPS coordinates to the farm because there's no physical address. It's kind of, you know how to get there or you don't. And we're caravanning to the loca first location the first day. And the fog visibility is literally about like, you can see about 15 feet in front of you and that's it. So we spent like 20 minutes trying to find this farm. And we're going up and down these roads. And we eventually go down one road and we turn around to this one like pillar or something like that. And I get anything. It's five o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black out. We finally get to the location. We start shooting. The fog burns off, and I realized, oh, we turned around at a windmill. <laughs> but it's like nice. out of nowhere. It just all of a sudden, tons of windmills. But yeah, it's there's. I had to end up dropping a pin just so I can keep finding my way back to the location. That's well, crazy. That's we couldn't find the way to our location because there was a road. <laughs> yeah, my car got some damage going off road to these locations, so I'll have to take it into the shop when I get back. My poor little Kia Soul was not meant for off-road farming. No, no, no. Every year, the um, so I did. The, I was in Portugal during college for archaeology, and every year they rent these like sixteen passenger vans, which are also not made to go off-roading up a shitty dirt road in the mountains. And I just feel like it's like every year they get the like mega insurance, and every single year like they have to change like who they're renting from because these vans come back like totally totally fucked it's yeah terrible i currently have a, ch a chip in my windshield and a like uh, like a big giant dent in the bottom of my front bumper from bottoming out and hitting a rock Ooh. yeah my tiny little car is not meant for mud and off-road there was one day where it's like we were driving down after it had rained and all the roads were muddy because of dirt roads. And one of the trucks with four wheel drive got stuck in the mud and I was behind them. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going any further than this. My car's staying here. <laughs> if you can't get out, I'm not getting out. So, how, like, let's say you lived at this farm. I mean, do you just not care about things like, like Amazon or internet or like like if you were to want internet out there is it strictly satellite internet or is there can you get like, i don't think the owner of the house we're shooting at knows what internet is wow it, it's yeah it's when you see the movie you'll see the house we're shooting at and it's there's a reason it's in the 12th poorest county i guess maybe if you just a don't movie? care yeah he's a farmer i mean he works on the farm so he just comes and goes you know, he goes in and he has, you know, he has a TV, I guess he with an antenna. He's got window units for air conditioning. 
he's got running water, so I mean, he's got the necessities. But yeah, you just don't care. Does he have a telephone? Are the telephone lines going out there? Uh, I don't think he does have a telephone. I haven't seen one in the house. He probably, I mean, he has a cell phone. You do, we do get a cell signal, so my data bill has been through the roof. This month. <laughs> I was like, here's my internet, my phone. Do you, I wonder if that place has ever had a landline, or maybe if it was it was just without a telephone up until like there was a cell tower nearby. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. You know, like because the main farm, like we're filming at the farmhouse, the main farm is just a mile down the road where. That's where the office is and all that. So if they ever need to get in contact with the outside world, it's just hop in the truck. Who knows? I don't know. So do you miss civilization? Oh, dear God, yes. I cannot wait to get back to my bed, to my cat, to my normal life in Austin. I mean, I love what I do, but it's, I'm kind of stuck here. And we wrap on the 22nd. So depending on what time we finish, I'll be coming home that night and or on the first thing in the morning on the 23rd. And then I start my next project in Austin on the 30th, around there. So when you, when it's down, what do you do in your downtime out there? Uh, well, there's a Chili's. So you uh, shit your pants a lot? Is that what it no, is? No, so the first, the first week was really boring. I ended up, like, I'm staying with a friend, the director's friend's parents' house. Like, the friends working on the film with us. Uh, so we watched a lot of Spurs games because uh, he's not in a poor farmhouse. He's, like, you know, they got a nice house, and there is a small town there. But after, like, the internet's really slow, I get about five megabits down if I'm lucky. Uh, so after the first week when I went home for Thanksgiving, I came back and brought my 27-inch iMac so that I could play Steam and watch movies. And I just downloaded a bunch of my movies onto my hard drive and a bunch of games on my hard drive. And that's pretty much what I do. Basically what I would do at home. But I don't have the option of not doing it. I don't have the option of going out and meeting up with friends or, you know, playing something online with friends. Oh, that does suck. Also, I don't have my key. Oh, yeah. When we had to go on this, like, fucking two-week thing for work, uh, and I was in an RV with my coworkers for a week and a half of that. Yeah. I just remember the point, and it was way too early into everything where I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. We've also drank a lot of tequila so far. There couldn't, you could, we couldn't drink because we were basically constantly on the clock. Like, I think the whole entire time there was one day where I made sure, we all made sure that, like, we recorded that we like we the second we got to the restaurant we were like okay what time is it today we're only today we're only gonna record 12 hours of work basically and I was like I'm having a beer and I had one beer and I was so dead because we were helping somebody like walk 160 miles for some silly historical purpose and I was like well yep that's me I'm done for the night I just want to go to sleep I want to go back to the RV and take a bath in the sink at the place that we parked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and cry <laughs> and go to sleep. Well, it's basically like we do 12 hours on location. Um, so, yeah, we're about, like, we spend 12 hours on location. And then I'm also the digital imaging technician. So I handle all the media at the end of the day. So, but there's no overtime. So even though I'm no. still like two hours into it, but that's all the stuff I do on my computer. So I get back to the house and 
yeah, I'll have a beer or a drink and just do my data offloads while drinking. Yeah. I would so. be like, because I was like our social media person. So I would be sitting there trying to like get everything organized from the day. Everybody else would be getting ready for bed. I'd be on my laptop. And I was just like, what is the point? Because the only work I can do is on my phone. So I ran through data so, so hardcore on that trip. Never again. Never again. I, my, it's cute because my phone still gives me notifications about when I use two gigs of data, but it doesn't know that I don't have two gigs of data. I have a lot more. I was looking at my data usage just to make sure that, that it was okay. I'm like, well, it's warning me about data usage. What does that mean? So I looked, I was like, oh, it's two gigs. That's cute. Yeah. I got that warning a long time ago. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised it's that little because every day I'm, I'm not only using my phone for normal phone stuff, but I'm also using it as a hotspot for my tablet to play Hearthstone when I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> oh, right. Awesome. Addictions. Got it. Hey, I... <laughs> It's been a very useful tool in, I, I will say that w one thing about playing a lot of Hearthstone on, on the treadmill has been I've gotten a lot better at Hearthstone. It used to be when I would get on the treadmill, I'd get my ass kicked. These days, if I have a, a, a day where I go two wins and a loss, I'm okay. I'm good with that. And then on Tavern Brawl, I might, on Tavern Brawl days, I might play uh, even more. Hmm. And, and then I'll come home and play. And if it's a, the right kind of brawl, I'll play with people. Uh, if it's so, so you were you're talking about Jerkface earlier. One thing that we, that she and I do is when you get a quest to spectate someone else and watch them win, it gives you a pack. And so anytime a quest like that comes up, since people get different quests at different times, I'll get a message saying, "Hey, I've got a spectator quest, so just let me know when you go to lunch." Or I'm like, "Hey, I've got a spectator test quest. May I please spectate you?" Because she thinks I'm bad luck, which you are. Classically, I have been. No, except for last time. Last time I joined in and watched her win, and she was like, "Oh, hey, well, there you go." And I, I didn't get crap from that pack, so whatever. I did. I did go over to a friend's house once, and I had a spectator quest, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, so I've got the spectator quest. So if you want to play a little ranked, he's like, "Well, I'll just play against the computer, and then you can watch that win." I'm like, "I didn't know you could do that." <laughs> That's, play. that's way easier. Yeah, I tried to, like, after Man and Jonesy wedding, when you, Clem, and Jerkface were all sitting around playing in the same room, and I felt left out. I, I downloaded and started playing, and like, yeah, just never got into it. Couldn't get into it. I yeah, guess I should download it. I need to play the new Dreamfall chapters for Longest Journey, though. Yeah, and I need to finish up the... There's a new single-player quest in Hearthstone that I need to finish. I, I made a deck called Literally Garbage. It's because this one boss takes your deck and then plays you with it. And then you have to play with some crap deck. So I'm like, well, I'm going to put together a crap deck. Motherfucker beat me with a literal garbage deck. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? That's the worst. Uh, what what game is, is that, Jules? Oh, so you guys played The Longest Journey? No, I don't think I have. First ever. Really? Okay, so it's on Steam, so you should A, play it. It's basically, like, I, it probably my favorite video game. It's a PC game, and it's, like, kind of puzzles, and and it's just so damn good. And it holds up, too. That's the best part. It's, like, a late 90s game with late 90s graphics. But, goddamn, it still holds up. 
And they had a sequel that came out, I think, on the Xbox uh, called Longest Journey Dreamfall. And then that one sort of ended, like, I don't want to spoil it, but it sort of, like, ended where you're like, well, obviously there's going to be a sequel to this. And then there just wasn't. And so now there are the Dreamfall chapters, and they're out on Steam. And I've been meaning to play them, and I'm, like, finally going to get some time soon. And I'm just going to sit around and play it. And I got Steven to start playing The Longest Journey, which makes me really happy. Really, really happy. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was checking on my cats. No, I was listening. I'm just kidding. You check. I have all the cats. I've had all the cats forever, and now I'm just trying to get all the mementos. That's what I'm doing, yeah. Me. I I have all the cats. I'm just memento hunting. And... Little little bastards haven't brought me a memento in a while. I got a eyeglass lens from someone not too long ago, but I still haven't. Yeah, I still haven't gotten anything else. So I, I was thinking since since the cat kitty collector game is sort of in its twilight for me, and it's about to be dog collector. It's about to be dog collector. Like it's actually kind of interesting how this game handles when you are done. Like, with Fallout Shelter, you are in charge of this vault. Like, it is dependent on you to do stuff. So when, you, when I abandoned mine, like, a long time ago, I, I've kind of wondered what happened to my vault. And I know it's probably in some sort of state, so it's not, like, it's not terrible. If I were to come back, I would be able just to get right into it. But, like, I feel like I'm neglecting those things. I mean, a little tiny part of me. Oh, kitty, I abandoned it, and I don't care anymore. But with Kitty Collector, it doesn't matter if you abandon it because those ki- kitties aren't dependent on you. They're just visiting. Yeah. So if you don't leave any food out, they don't come by, and that's how your yard stays. I know. I kind of like that. I'm like, I'm not accidentally killing the kitties. So really, you know, if I don't leave food out, eh, whatever. I want the dog collector, but it's not in English yet. I want to start collecting. No, it's not. And I, I, I thought about trying to play in the Jap- Japanese version. I feel like if you played Kitty Collector, you probably know what to do. Like, oh, yeah. I also, so I had this, like, Kitty Collector. I was trying to figure out all the rare cats I needed to get and how to get them. And there was this really good, like, rare cat Kitty Collector guide. But it was just translations, like... So, like, some of them, their names, like, there's, like, Sassy Fran that doesn't appear, I think, in the original. And then there was, like, this one. So, I knew, like, all of their names from the, like, so-and-so song. Like, there's a koi-koi sound. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. But I basically had seen all their pictures and knew all their, like, Japanese names. And so, the best part was finding out what their English counterpart names were when they finally showed up. And I would, like, scream at Steven. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, so-and-so son has arrived. And he was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, like, some of them don't make sense. Like, uh, Marimoto-san? Yeah. Like, translates to Kathmandu, which is the capital of Nepal. And not at all what that cat looks like. Do you like the one, my favorite description? The descriptions are, like, one of them is described as having an astute business-like cat personality oh which one is that that's like the 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 one that's like um i think it's a koi koi sign it's the one that's um like looks like the little like cat like the little stereotypical cat thing that you buy with one paw up oh the the fortune sound or whatever yeah 
and it is like some described as having some astute business like personality. I also don't like guy furry. I think that's dumb, and I don't like lady meow meow. I like Guy Fury just because he comes and makes a Sunday. Did you know he? I or did pizza. not. I did not know he could make a pizza. You didn't I know bought, he could make pizza. I bought a heating stove just so one of these days I could have him make pizza. Oh, I am I can't so confused right now. Hey, hey Lauren. Lauren. Hey, Lauren. I am so confused. They're talking about that cat collecting game, and I'm just ignoring it because I don't play it. Lauren, oh. would you eat a pizza made by a cat in a chef's hat? Uh, I would need to see their credentials first. I'm just thinking it would probably be, they'd have to cover their entire body in hair nets, you know? It would have to be a body net, absolutely. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I... I only if that was a, a world that that was normal. Oh, yeah. Can I bring up something that's been awesome this week? Sure. The number of trailers that dropped. Four. Oh my God. Four great trailers <laughs> wow. in like the last couple days. It was okay. So there's a new, apparently, so we've got Independence Day. Right. Yeah. First Watch it was that. Apocalypse. Then it was apocalypse. Independence Day. Yeah. Apocalypse, Independence Day. Star Trek Beyond, and then today was Fantastical Beasts. And where also apparently there is another. Um, they dropped another uh, Deadpool trailer. Oh, come on! Oh, I I that that. That's, my intern came to visit me this morning, and like my intern who's gone off to grad school came back home, and she was like, she came to visit. She showed up at like nine o'clock because she had driven from DC down to North Carolina, and she's like, "Hey, what's up?" I was just getting off the highway, and I thought I'd say hi. And I was like, "Okay, how long?" But she was like, oh, by the way, there's a new Deadpool trailer out. And I haven't looked for it yet, but. She was basically the Deadpool fairy. She just showed up unexpectedly and dropped Deadpool on you. She came into my office and she told me there was a new Deadpool trailer. And there was a really good poster of him holding a gun in front of where his dick's supposed to be. And I was like, ah, you were always my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I am super excited about that movie. Uh, Which is probably why I'm not going to watch the second Deadpool trailer. I've seen the first one. I, I really don't need to see a second. I wish I had not seen the, st- the Star Trek trailer. I yeah, I I saw it from over Luke's shoulder, and I kind of wish I hadn't watched it either. Well, okay, so I was talking about this with Jerkface, by the way, and she's like, why would you watch that trailer? We talk about trailers a lot, and you say how you don't want to watch trailers, so why would you watch the one for Star Trek? And I'm like, okay, here's my reasoning. I watched the very first Star Wars trailer. I watched the I watch most very first trailers that come out. I think recently the only exception has been with Captain America because I already know what I'm getting with Captain America. I know Civil War. Right. I know the directors cuz But you also said that, you were sad that you had watched it. Yeah, uh, well, I I saw no, no. I I I said that I was sad that I saw a little bit of it. And the part that I saw was awesome. And so I was like, uh, well, I'm, I kind of wish I had seen that. But like, but for, but for the others, like there was, I, I need to get a feel for the movie. Like with, with, with Star Wars, when that very first teaser trailer where it's like, there's been a dis- oh, an awakening, can you feel it? And then you had uh, John Boyga as a stormtrooper, and that was the very first thing you saw from new Star Wars, and then it had all that imagery. That was the perfect trailer. I feel like it didn't give away anything. It gave you just enough to get you set, uh, satiated yeah. to go see it. That I, I was, and I used that as an example. It's like that is a perfect trailer. I'll, I'm gonna say this 
you are not a fan of trailers. You're a fan of teasers because that's what that was. Well, I, but the I had, thing is, it's like the the Star Trek Beyond is supposed to be a teaser because it's the very first thing that dropped. And there's a lot in there. There's a lot. There, well, let me let me ask this because I and I honestly don't know because as I said, I kind of watched it from a few feet away over Luke's shoulder. Um, Did you hear Idris Elba? A, a tiny little bit. Oh. So the definition I recently heard from a, another podcast um, is that the difference between a teaser and a trailer is a teaser is just feelings and maybe some visual imagery. A trailer, you get a sense for what the plot is. You know, you you have plot details. So I I think, yeah, the first Star Wars was a, a really appropriate teaser. I think they've all pretty much been teasers, though. Was the Star Trek a teaser or a trailer? It felt that like definition. a trailer if, by that definition because you saw plot points. There was? Okay. Then I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Major I, I think, plot points. Oh, then it's I, yeah. All really fast and put together really quickly. You, you mean it was fast and furious? Given yes. that it's directed by Justin Lin, that's appropriate. <laughs> I know. And that's awful. One of, that's one of the reasons why I was curious because I'm like, how is this movie going to look and feel? And that's why I like teasers. Like the very first Ultron teaser was the one where it's like, I'm going to show you something beautiful. And then it just had like little bits. I would say the best, the worst part about it was it showed the Hulkbuster armor. If it yeah. hadn't showed the Hulkbuster armor, it would have been perfect. Uh, but for, as for, for the stuff Sorry, that just came out, the, the, the stuff that, whoop, uh, the, nope. the stuff that just came out, I feel like the Independence Day trailer, or, or I don't know if it's a trailer or a teaser, that one's fine. It's pretty much what you expect. We we get. They we came know, back with a bigger ship. That's the, really all we need to know. But yeah, like, yeah. When you the, see like the human, fighter, the human alien hybrid fighters, you see that the president is crazy now, and oh then you God. see that Jeff oh Goldblum is in charge. But mostly, like someone finally listens to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you at some point in that movie they don't believe him. I bet they still because that's just that's why, his and most scientists lie. Oh, because because people make stupid decisions in the face of plot and because the, Cassandra oh. is a trope. Cassandra is totally it's like totally the Cassandra. It's the Cassandra trope. It's the I can see the future, but nobody's going to believe me. And she's constantly nobody took Greek mythology. Just keep fucking going. Listen, I, I want to go off on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point, which is going to tie into this, but I don't know if we're actually in a show right now or not. No, we are. We've been in a show for, for a little while. This is going to be oh, yeah. the episode to... Does everybody want to tell me what kind of dick they have? I already did. <laughs> okay, hold on. Wait. <laughs> okay, while he does that, can I go off? No, no, it's not what kind of dick you have. It's what, it's what, what your kind favorite deserves. kind of dick. What kind of your favorite kind of dick is. No, Apparently, I'm sorry, but according... I like a romantic dick or according, a dick. According to the URL that's just been put in our Skype chat, it is none of those things. It is not the dick you need or have or want. It's the dick you deserve. Okay. This is the Batman of dicks. All right. Well, yeah, everyone. But it says pick... this color test will determine your favorite type of dick. Okay. So the URL thing... says what every... type of dick you deserve. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> what the URL says. It doesn't matter. Pick a color and then tell us what is, according to the site, your favorite kind of dick. Rocket. But the problem is, it's so... not oh, just yeah. the color. It's the splat shape, and it's also like the fact that they just chose a really bad 
red. Just... Anyway. So I deserve a nice thick dick. Length is great, but sometimes width works just better. Girth is what really determines your worth. Beer can dick with the first green splat. All right. Jules. So I picked the blue splat because I thought it was just the best version of its color on there and the best splat. And I got a romantic dick. You look a dick that appreciates beauty and goes that extra mile. A bit of romantic intrigue never hurt anyone. An enchanting cock is what really rocks your socks. I also got a romantic dick. Romantic dicks. You're not. Nice. <laughs> romantic dicks. I'm what? never going to get what? another job. No, I just want to throw this out there. <laughs> oh, but what That's why you? my own boss. Well, I picked one of the other blue splotches, and I got a dick I actually care about. A dick is really nothing if there are no feelings attached to it. Everything is better and more intense when emotions are involved. You are never above having a dick that you love. Are we surprised that Rocket John got by far the most superficial dick? No, we're not surprised. Yeah. I love that. That's the name of my married. next hard rock band, Superficial Dick. I love that. I love that you are like all married and you do really love the dick you're married to. I That's do. Really cute. This okay, is, we gotta talk about something else. Well, I, I've this week in geek, and I have shit I want to go off on. I didn't realize we were starting the show early this week. Who <laughs> texted you? I received absolutely no text. Or not it was it was in the the group chat thing. The D and D and D chat. Oh, so you are assuming that I am on Facebook all of the time? I'm sorry, that is a misnomer. I am never Look, on. I'm Facebook. not on all the time, but I have a messenger app that tells me when somebody messages me. No, no, I, I don't have that. I have to actually log on to Facebook to do that shit. Well, do you guys want to hear This Week in Geek now that we're God super, super late? Well, after all that dick talk, we have the lovely, the talented, the amazing, <laughs> oh, crazy, here to do a little something we call This Week in Dick. I mean, geek. How are you, Obo? I so totally thought you were going to go this dick in geek, but apparently we'll go the other way around. Take so, color and I'll tell you what kind of geek you deserve. <laughs> I know what kind of geek nice I deserve. I know what kind of geek I deserve. He's sitting right over there and I'm looking right at him. Wink. Aw. Okay, so Star Wars. Obviously, we're not going to talk about spoilers because first, none of us have seen the movie. And second, probably since the actual uh, the opening screening happened just like yesterday, there have been spoilers for Star Wars all over the place. I don't know about you, but I'm suddenly afraid to go anywhere on the internet. Well, if you're afraid to go anywhere on the internet because of spoilers, and you happen to be using Google Chrome, you might not have to worry anymore. There is now a browser extension called Force Block, which will take all oh the God, stress seriously? out of the next few days. Seriously. As long as you're using Google Chrome, it blocks anything Star Wars related in your browser. It actually blocks out the whole page if it finds something on there that is suspicious and replaces it with an innocuous Star Wars quote. And the one that I, I have up here on the article says, the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of spoilers. And then it gives you options, continue anyway, or you know, just don't block this in the future. So you can actually download it. Uh, if you just do a look for it, it, it's actually called Force Block. As I said, you do have to be using Google Chrome. It's not perfect. Basically, if anything Star Wars appears on the page, it just blocks the entire page. So uh, even 
articles or stuff that's just about other Star Wars things but have no spoilers will get blocked, but it's it's your safety net. It is going to make sure that there's absolutely no way that you're going to see spoilers. It's pretty fun. Uh, if you are interested in seeing some Star Wars content that's out there but don't want to see anything from the new movie and you also want something festive for the holidays... You know how usually you can turn on that Netflix series and watch uh, a fireplace for like 18 hours? Well, you can go to YouTube and watch a five-hour loop of Darth Vader's funeral pyre so that you can have the the lovely (laughs) burning corpse of Darth (laughs) Vader up to watch during your holiday festivities. Yes, just I go to go into Nick Offerman drinking whiskey personally this season. <laughs> it literally is just a five-hour clip of uh, Return of the Jedi of Darth Vader burning, and it's guaranteed to get you in the Star Wars mood and all of that. So yeah, go to YouTube, go look for that. That's but awesome. It doesn't include the shitty like Anakin Skywalker ghost, right? No, we don't want none of that here. It is literally five hours of watching Darth Vader burn. It's amazing. Finally, if you are a fan of Rooster Teeth, and if you're listening to this, you probably are, Laser Team tickets are on sale, and you should definitely go to laserteamthemovie.com and buy tickets, because chances are really good that some of the showings in your area may already be very, very full, if not completely sold out, and if that's the case, you can actually put in to sponsor a showing, so you can add more showings, so more people can see it, because, you know, join us. Join us. That's all for this week in Geek. I'm Oboe Crazy and I am spoiler free. The world is indeed a strange, spoilery, dickish place. If you have a fact that you want Oboe to read live and on the air, hit her up at her profile, roosterteeth.com slash Oboe Crazy or on Twitter at Oboe Crazy. And if the fact is good enough, if it's the dick you deserve or the Star Wars spoilers you're trying to avoid, she may or may not read it on the air. No, if it's spoilers, I won't. Although, if, eventually, I do want to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I will spoil the shit out of that if we're all okay with that. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch it, sure. so I'm cool. Also, well, I do watch quick. it, but and the last thing I saw was a couple of weeks ago because of connections down here. But go ahead and spoil away. I'm not one of those people. And I'm Roblox, are you okay if I... I'm jump? caught up, so I'm good. Okay. Cool. I gotta hold on before you do this. I gotta give you guys something that's related. To um, I'm looking at a picture. Thing? I'm looking at a picture of Admiral Abbar, and the caption underneath it just says "Trap Queen." <laughs> it's all this, like, this is I, the episode I've walked into. Oh God. <laughs> I've had oh. some wine. I'm sorry. It's really funny. Don't be sorry for having wine. It is funny. I'm okay. Send you guys. Thing. You send that. I I am going to get upset at Agent okay, Shield. Okay, it actually said that tripped the extension. Like I, <laughs> I on it, and I've seen this before because it reminds me of uh, of that one vine that that RT did when they were still doing vines, and they barbs going out to her car and goes, "Hey guys, check out this spoiler I got." and like decaled on the back of her car is state killed Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Bernie gives the goddamn it barb. But I that's hilarious that that popped the the extension. Oh yeah. 
it, it's not perfect, as I said, but you know what? Someone coming up with that in, in like the space of 24 hours to work over the space of two days, but props to you. Speaking of Star Wars, have you all heard about the Darth Jar Jar theory? Yeah. Yeah, that he, yeah, he's actually Wait, some powerful Sith Lord. and no, uh, no, he's just a racist asshole. So yes. uh, speaking of this Jar Jar and speaking of RT, have you guys watched the the Blaine goes to see the Star Wars premiere. Yes, yes, and it just made me so sad. I felt I'll I'll say this: Blaine reacted pretty well. He that man is a class act. He like the really fact is. that he was just like, "Yep, you got me," and I feel like an ass, and then continued to perform for the cameras. Like even though I'm sure after a week of being excited about this, this was just you know like on the one crushed. hand it's just a movie, but on the other hand he thought his his friend had done something really special for him. So and what's that, funny? What's funny is I saw their post looking for extras to dress in Star Wars costumes. Like oh they're doing like a Star Wars spoof, and then I saw the video they came out and went oh that's even worse. Yeah. So and, and sadly, they didn't really find that many extras, did they? Like, that would be my first clue. If I was Blaine and I'm walking into a special screening of Star Wars and I walk into what I can only assume was the Alamo Draft House from the look of, looks yeah, of it, it and there's like house. 12 other people in there. Well, like, the thing well, is, if it is that special, it could be that exclusive because, like, he was very precise with his times. Like, he was like, yeah, I'm an hour away from going when he did his Boba Fett and Jar Jar Binks, like, video little vine thing which was hilarious by the way yeah. and then he's like i'm 10 minutes away from walking in and i'm like i'm gonna be 10 minutes from leaving to go to the theater and then have a five-hour wait to to wait out my seat in the theater i'm seeing it on in in two days yeah and so it was like i, I thought that was very odd like he was just like oh i'm an hour away from going i'm like that's kind of weird for a premiere. I would think you would want to get there like super early. No, yeah. no. Okay. So as, as someone who it, it's been a very long time, but way back in the days of caves and fire, when I lived in Florida and I was doing radio, we got invites to uh, press screenings of movies. Yeah, and you don't really, have to show up 30 yeah, minutes. Right. You, hour, like the press has forward. their own, like, because they give away passes for those, but yes. they always say, Hey, this, the pass doesn't guarantee a seat except if you're pressed because they have a row like taped off for you. So yes. so if you're a press you can just you can just show up there. But But when they would do these special kinds of screenings, no, you if you've RSVP'd and you're going to be there, you know, you're not going to show up 3 hours early to wait in line because you know the only people they've invited are enough people to fit the theater. But all the ones I've ever gone to, uh which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not terribly many, they were all fairly packed because it's a, that's a lot of money to put on a press screening and they don't want to have to do that, you know, or any kind of special screening. So well, that yeah, was, but that's I, why I saw that I, and went, oh. But I didn't know that that's what he was talking about. He said he was going to the premiere and I figured it was some like gala event or yeah. like even because those you do have to show up early because you have to, there's like a red carpet and then they probably pat their security. So it's like, if he was still at the office and an hour away from quote unquote seeing the movie, I was like, I, I would be on my way already. Like I would be there. <laughs> I'd be already in costume yeah. getting drunk. No, no. He also didn't look like he was really, I mean, like he was sort of wearing like a Luke Skywalker -y thing, but I was like, Blaine, I expected a better costume. No, that was a he Jar Jar Binks costume. He bought a Jar Jar uh, Binks No, in the head. video when he was sitting in the, 
I guess he was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. No, he was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It doesn't matter what else he was wearing. He went out and had bought a a head of Jar Jar Binks. I That's know. Dedication. I just don't want to support that, you know? <laughs> no, neither do I. Oh god! So I haven't yeah, got I my did. tickets yet because I'm in the middle of BFE. Uh, but we're probably going to Saturday at the local theater here, and I get tickets and play. Oh yeah, there's plenty of tickets available. Don't worry. But what uh. I did get tickets for was the 70 millimeter roadshow screening of Hateful Eight in Austin when oh, I get back from this movie. Oh shit! Nice. The like the three and some odd change hour one with the intermission that I'm excited for. Wow. I want to go Probably. see that. I wonder if they're going to do that at the Carolina Theater. I can see them. Uh, I think if you go into like the studio's webpage or something like that, but I have a list of all the theaters. Uh, just look up the 70 millimeter roadshow version. An extended cut with an intermission. Okay, let me look at this up. Talk about Roblox, it's interesting that you talk about going super early to the showing that you already have tickets for because. Honestly, I don't think I was planning on Luke or I showing up anywhere more than an, an hour to an hour and a half early, mostly because we're going to be coming from D&D and having to do a bit of a drive to get there. But also because I went, eh, it's, I have a ticket and I'm, it's the, the place we're seeing it is the Cinnabar, which are all really good seats. So, well, ah. the, the theater that I'm very particular about where I sit. You are. And, yeah. And I am, I am in it for the long haul and I'm, I'm, Honestly, while I'm there, I'm not going to be doing anything different than what I would be doing if I like came home and wasn't going to be playing video games. So like, basically, you're going to be playing Hearthstone. I'm going to be playing Hearthstone. <laughs> I'm going to probably be reading a bit. I'm bringing both batteries that I have to make sure that I that that I don't run out of power. Actually, I need to charge those up now. But yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be hanging out. So I'll be I'll be chatting with people on 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 text and messaging i'll be playing hearthstone it's it's not going to be that much different except i'm going to be sitting somewhere waiting waiting to get in and my buddy i told him that the the friend that i'm going with i'd said look i'll I'll save these seats but please get here like two hours or so before so i don't have to save this seat for any longer than that like Mm -hmm. Say it's, one person saving a seat is fine, especially if I bring a jacket. I can just drape the jacket over the seat, no questions asked. I've had to save like three or four seats before for a while. That's hard, and I feel yeah. like a dick. Yeah, yeah. You can only save so many, and you have to strategically do it where you're sitting in one seat, and then there's a seat on your left and two seats on your right, or vice versa. Like you cannot be like, "Hi, I'm sitting here, and the three seats down for me are saved." Because then you look like more of a dick. Yeah. How to avoid being a dick when saving theater seats. From Clipshark. Brought to you by Jules. <laughs> I know what's up. Like, so good at that. Steven gets mad at me. He's like, you're too nice to people at sometimes, which is weird because he's Canadian. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like setting it up so that everybody knows that like, I'm not a jerk. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's strategic planning. There's a there's a way to stand in line for things. There's a way to ask for something that you know you shouldn't be asking for. So it's just like there's a way to save seats in the theater. One of these days, movie theaters are going to finally move to the uh, purchase a specific seat model, oh, and like it will do. be that's, yeah. That's what uh, that's what like the Alamo Draft House. Uh, love it. 
No. Yeah, oh, I want that so bad. I do too. They they do that now because they hadn't before. At least the, not the one at Lamar. They've no draft house. Yeah, you can buy. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, you say I'm gonna get row ten, eleven, and twelve, and those are your seats. Oh well, that's cool. Like here, the only theaters there's a theater in the city that does it at one of the malls, and it used to be a piece of shit theater. But apparently, what they did is they went in, revamped it. And now it's it's a like a bistro cinema. You can order food. You can you get assigned seats at the theater I'm going to. The auditorium that I that I'm in has assigned seats, but they're up in the balcony where you can also order food. Those were the first tickets to go for this very reason. And so even though it's still a really really nice theater, it's not assigned seats. And I think the only other auditorium that does that is like the director suite which is a much smaller auditorium and again those tickets were long gone too i'm going yeah. on sunday <laughs> yeah i'll probably be going saturday because that's our one day off during the week yeah i'm, I'm going thursday night which is my one day off this week or my wait, one evening off i was gonna say wait is thursday off or do you have friday because like it doesn't matter if you thursday off what matters is if you can sleep in on friday morning I don't have to be anywhere until 11, so I don't have the day off, but I, it's not like I got to be up early. And my showing starts at 10 my time, so unless this is like a four-hour Star Wars movie, I'm going to be home in plenty of time to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, same here. Oh, yeah. Like, our, our showing is at 9 o'clock our time, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll be home by midnight, which is fine. And yeah. I would have had this, if, if I would have just gone to the correct website i've talked about this on the show before but if i'd gone to the correct website i would have had seven o'clock tickets which would have been even better so i'm surprised that that's that that's the norm now because i'm like yeah i'm going on thursday and they're like oh you're going at midnight i'm like no that's not how it works anymore like I know, there are very few actual midnight shows anymore which is so weird because okay i was just thinking about this so when i went to see the return of the king the day it came out the earliest you could go on it came out on a Friday and the earliest you could go was noon that day. There was no fucking midnight showing at all. And that was in high school. And I remember I got pulled. My mom told me I had an English exam and she knew she was going to have to pull me out of the exam to go see Lord of the Rings. That's how much this like entire story matters to my whole family. Cause this is the woman that read me the Hobbit as a child. And she was like, I will pull you out of it fucking English midterm your sophomore year of high school to go see this movie and she was like look here's the deal the movie starts at noon your midterm starts at 10 30 you need to be done by 11 she's like you have 30 minutes and motherfucker if I didn't complete that goddamn midterm in 30 minutes and I put it on my teacher's desk she's like what are you doing I was like this is yours I'm done and she's just looking at me and looking at the time. She's like, you can't leave the room. And then the intercom came on precisely at 11. Because number one, my mom is a bitch that's on time. And number two, she is <laughs> friends with everybody in the office. This was not allowed. And they're like, Julia needs to come to the office. She has to leave. And the teacher's like, she's not allowed to read the room until the exam is done. I was like, you, I'm done. And I was like, I'm done with the exam. I was like shouting. And it was so funny because I don't think they heard that. But the next thing the lady said, she said, her mother says she's done with the exam. <laughs> and so I like walked out of there. My mom took me to a movie theater and we watched it at noon. And that was crazy. That was like, oh, my God, like middle of the day going to the movie. Like you're going to see, 
you know, the return of the king and then going to like, what did we do? In grad school, I went to a midnight showing of Harry Potter, and that was the earliest. And now these motherfuckers, lazy-ass motherfuckers, get to go at 7 in the evening. Th- Not fair. Hey, okay. So as one Not of those lazy fair. motherfuckers. Not fair. You got to work for it. <laughs> or you got to wait like me because you got work in the next morning. For, for years. I'm talking about kids these days. You're not kids these days. You're like, get off our lawn. But I, but I've suffered. Like I have, I, I feel I've earned this as a working adult. I've earned the the right to go to a pre-release movie and still get to bed at a reasonable hour. I remember when, uh, relevant to, to Star Wars, when JJ Abrams Star Trek came out, that was, I think the first one at, that I went to that was at seven o'clock. The, the day before and it, it was glorious i'm like oh my god this needs to happen all the time and now it does i do also remember when i went to go see return of the king i went to go see it and it was it was at midnight except for the people who had gotten the hey you're watching the first two movies before return of the king and then yep. having an admission and then going to return of the king those guys got to see it at 11 o'clock yep that was yeah. me I got. Uh, to, I did that. I did that in Atlanta. We watched all three movies, and we got to see it. There was a hundred theaters, and I was in one of those hundred theaters, and it was but numathon, but it was awesome. But we had to watch the extended cut of oh, the first shit. two movies first, so we we were in it. there since eleven o'clock. I did. It was awesome. I would I do it so again. Yeah. I would just like the in in the theater close to my house, the crappy little theater close to my house which is actually now a grocery store, um, there was no midnight showing. There was noon, and I thought I was so cool. When in reality, I'm the dorky girl that got pulled out of class to go see Lord of the Rings. I think that's awesome. I actually... I thought it was awesome. I played hooky from work once when they opened the IMAX here in, uh, close to my house. I went to the very first public show they had at that IMAX. What was it? Transformers Dark of the Moon. <laughs> Oh. oh, it was oh. so bad. And and it was, I think they actually did IMAX 3D. So that was kind of cool. But that night, they had uh, The Dark Knight, not in 3D. Ooh. So I, I'd also had tickets to those. So after I got, with that, got done with that, I went home. I hung around for a little while. And then I came, went back and saw The Dark Knight with a bunch of friends at, at that theater. Nice. My mom actually told me, she's like, this is going to be, she's like, you're going to be like telling your kids that you want to go see this on opening day. And I was like staring at her and she's like, trust me. She's like, you'll remember this. And she's right. And you I mean, do, but children. the funny thing is the the focus of the story is less about the movie and more about my mom pulled me out of a midterm in the middle of the school. Like your story <laughs> is all about the school. And it's like, and then we saw a really cool movie. And then we which saw, I think I is awesome. Saw. What else happened is they fucked it up. Like, oh, man, I had to go back. So they messed up the order of things. And all of a sudden it cut to the it was like the wrong soundtrack on the wrong part of the movie in the wrong order. So and they they fixed it. So there was like this middle section of the movie for about five minutes. It was just weird. And then they like fixed it really quickly because they realized something was off. And the rest of the movie was fine and like normal and, you know, it, I will always remember my friend described the final battle, like the battle for like Minas Tirith making the Battle for Helm's Deep look like a Berenstein Bears picnic. Like that is forever <laughs> stuck in my brain. But then they refunded all of our money because five minutes of the movie went wrong. Yeah. 
So then I went to go see it again for free. <laughs> yeah. The- theaters will often do that kind of thing. Or at least the good ones I found that they're they're very upfront about, you know, customer service. I I went to go see uh, Thor the Dark World at the Cinnabar that we're going to go see Star Wars at. And I was going on like a Monday or Tuesday afternoon because that's my life is my my weekends are Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. No, that's and uh, there weren't a lot of us in the theater and I bought my ticket and was hanging out. And then we they bring us in and I had an appetizer and I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And the time that it's supposed to start has come and gone. And then the manager comes in. And he's like, I'm really sorry. We're having a problem. I'd gone to specifically a non 3D showing. And they're like, we're having a problem, you know, switching out the the stuff for the for the 3D and the non 3D. It'll be just a couple more minutes. Don't worry about it. Like another yeah. 15 minutes go by and the guy comes in. He's like, so this isn't going to happen. Uh, so we're going to give you all free movie tickets and we're going to give you free appetizers and any food that you have already bought has already been paid for. You don't have to pay for it. And if you would like to come see the movie, we're going to have a showing in a different theater in two hours uh, that you can all go to for free. So basically, wow. and I'm like, well, this, this is my day off. I don't fucking care. That's so chill. I just, I, that's what I did is I'm like, my food just got paid for. I have a free movie ticket in my pocket. I have free appetizers in my pocket. And this place has Wi-Fi. I'm going to go sit out with my with my phone and I'm going to play silly internet games and be on Twitter and then walk back in and see Thor. So, yeah, it worked out great. That's awesome. I do. I remember when we saw a Return of the Jedi. We went to the theater and so it was like, oh, Return of the Jedi. And I, I remember this. I was like, I want to say six when Return of the Jedi came out, six or five or six. When did it come out? Uh, I would say 82 or 83. Yeah. Damn. I was not even thought of. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you literally was, weren't conceived in any in any notion in of that word. My sister, who is, you know, born in 85, my parents weren't thinking about babies. Well, so. And, and so we were watching Return of the Jedi, and we get to the part where uh, Luke is telling Leia about, about being being brother and sister. I can hear, uh, we can hear all that. We can hear all that, whoever that is. So we, uh, we're, we're sitting there, we're watching theater, it's this quiet moment, and then everything shuts down. <laughs> we're like, what the hell go- is going on? So they start it back up, it's like, okay, they're talking, they're talking. And at this point, since I was five or six, like, I, I was just like, oh, it's so quiet. Where are the Ewoks? Where, I, I, want, I want stuff happening, because so, I was a little impatient. Then it stops again. So we're just like, ah, what the hell? So then I remember this, this lady coming down to the front of the theater. She's like, all right, we're really sorry. This isn't working. So we're going to watch this at the next theater. So we, they, they moved the entire auditorium to the theater next door. And it, must, it couldn't have been like opening weekend or, or anything like that because there's no way they could have done that, something like that during a time when it was super busy. So they moved us all to the other theater, and it started up, I think, a couple of minutes after that. But yeah, my, my very first showing of uh, Return of the Jedi was interrupted. It happens. But, it's not yeah. perfect. Yeah. So have you seen pictures of people getting the hard drives that have, uh, that have Star Wars on it? What? Whoa, what's this? Like, the theaters are, have been receiving the actual oh, hard drive that Star Wars right. is on. And one of the things that is on the front label is which trailers it has. And so it had listed Independence Day Resurgence, I think enough, that other Deadpool trailer. Pretty much all the trailers that have been, that you guys have mentioned this week, are all 
going to be in front of Star, Star Wars. Wars trailers. Right. Oh, I'm not really me. excited. And and the thing is, it's like at the theater I'm going to, they have two trailers in front of the movie max, maybe three sometimes. And it's it's a kind of a big shock to go from that where it's like, oh hey, trailer, trailer. And trailer, okay, movie, to going to the theater in town where it is literally 10, 15 minutes of trailers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Cinnabar mm-hmm. we go to, uh, no commercials, uh, just short films before the time that the movie's supposed to start. And then that time we get to see trailers. But, yeah, there's, there's, there have been times where I've seen eight to ten trailers before before movies. And After, I just, like, it's what you got to do. So straight commercials, like straight rando commercials for... Not like you guys get that right. Like, like they'll somebody local will take out like an ad, and then like when the lights haven't gone down yet. Not anymore. Like, if if I go to like the regular AMC or something, absolutely. But the Cinnabar, nope. Yeah, same with the uh, same with the Warren that I'm going to. Nope. The only commercials that are before the movie are for the Warren. Yeah, but that's like that's like you know yeah, that's, that's HBO doing uh, commercials for their own shows. It's, right. It's, it's understandable. Like, it's more like hey, there's the. There's a lounge upstairs that you can go eat at, and and then the the balcony is attached, and the director's suite, so you can go and eat and drink up there, and and that's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, I I'm changing the subject because I'm sure next week, since we're all seeing Star Wars this coming week and or weekend, we will talk about Star Wars next week, whether or not we want to spoil let's cast do, or let's whatever. Let's do this. Let's do a spoiler cast like 45 minutes an hour, sort of like the time that we started now. And and we'll just do that. I don't. Rem- Jenkins gonna see it this weekend, right? One would hope. If not, Any- we'll just we'll invite him to the main show. Anyway, yes. Yes. But so, next week, we'll- Star Wars spoiler cast. We'll do that. We'll definitely do that. I would like to move on. I'm going to complain about Angels of Shield. I want to complain Go. about this. Go. Okay. And, and it's just really one complaint. So we talked at the top of the show about characters doing dumb things simply in service of plot. And as much as I've been enjoying Agents of Shield this season. Uh, the the last episode had Coulson doing a dumb thing and totally in the service of plot. That we wasn't had, really the top of the show. That was more the middle of the show. Well, okay, so yeah, it's the it's the when winter finale. Yeah, it's the it's the end. It's the mid season finale, which um, the whole first half of the season has basically been a bunch of characters complaining or bemoaning or yelling at each other that you had the chance to kill Grant Ward and you didn't, or you tried and you failed, or, you know, next time I'm going to do that. So basically every character in the show at some point this season has been like, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. So what happens? Coulson finally gun Grant Ward's head. And what does he decide to do? I'm going to tie him up and force him to march in front of me for reasons I, that, uh, why, why? Why would you do that? I spent an entire episode yelling at my, well, my iPad, because I wasn't watching it on the TV, at this dumb thing that Coulson was doing. Why are you doing this? Finally gets to the point in where he kills him. And of course, because he has waited this whole entire time and not, not did it immediately, now we get evil possessed Grant Ward for the second half of the season. And we we could have not had that had Golson taken what everybody had been saying the whole time and been like, hey, I have a gun to this guy's head that everybody agrees should die. Let me shoot him. So I know it's in service <sighs> of, dumb in service of plot, but how would Colson have found the way out if he hadn't have done that? Uh, what? 
where, where was they, they didn't know where they were going. Granted already said, I'm not going to lead you. I'm not going to help you. And he's like, ah, I don't care about the other people. I'm here to kill you. You know, that's. But then, then didn't Ward say, Hey, I'll take you to the exit. And that's why he was leading him. Not that I remember because that's they the, were. That was the whole point is that Grant, that's how Grant got Ward got out of that. Cause he's like, yeah, you could come down here and you could kill me. And then what? What now? You would you're gonna leave your everyone else to die because they don't know where they're going. But that's the moment that that Coulson said, "I'm I'm not here for them." Uh, that uh, Fitz is a smart guy and he can get himself out of this. Like, and then as as far as I know, like that was that was as far as it got. On top of that, even if he had been like, "Yeah, okay, I need this guy to help get me out of here," why would you believe anything that Grant Ward says or does? Well, the other thing is that if if Colson hadn't done that, wouldn't Fitz have been killed by the by the smoke monster? No, he killed the the body of the smoke monster. He 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 was only staggering around waiting for Colson to finish his his little chummy fight with uh with Ward. Or maybe he would have killed Ward and continued and then been able to catch up in time so that the smoke monster couldn't have even gotten as I much I love how we're calling him the smoke monster. Well, that's because he—that's what that's he is. That's how he is, yeah. Is he's he a, a monster, monster made of smoke? Yes. Well, it's <laughs> also a reference monster. to to Lost and the smoke monster there, who could do something similar. Fun fact: yeah. I never watched Lost. Don't bother. Anyway, I think that I was, watched the first episode. That was my my giant complaint about about Agents of Shield. I will still watch it when it comes back in March. Yeah, a lot of shows are coming back February or March. I know. Yeah. Let's see, like all all of the shows you know and love had their mid-season finales. I did not realize that this year was the year that the phrase mid-season finale became a thing. I've yeah. heard it before, but it's now like, it's kind of big. I think, didn't somebody trace it back to the writer strike? Which just divvied up our TV in new ways. And suddenly you had this situation where you basically created like a show like, Shows I'm also starting to see, like, there are a couple shows that they're not, like, if it might be, like, Monday nights, but it's, like, Monday nights. Like, not every fucking Monday night. It might be Monday, 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 break for two weeks, Monday, 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 break, Monday, break. Like, shows are kind of, like, doing whatever the fuck they want right now. Well, I think part of it is that that traditionally... You did, you did divide the season into two parts because over the holidays... People are not going to watch TV, and that's why they have the, the mid-season break. All I do over the holidays is watch TV. <laughs> which, which is, I which think... Which is why I'm so glad I have BBC America, because all well, the Christmas stuff I think that's a new thing, though, because I think in our current Netflix culture, the old, oh, people are going to be are at the holidays and are at home and hanging out with family, they're not going to be watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's not because they're out of their routine. I, I, I don't know that that applies anymore, because... What are people going to be doing over the over the holiday? They're going to be catching up on Jessica Jones. They're going to be catching up on whatever else has been released, Man in the High Castle. They're going to binge those shows. And, and But I get why these shows have or feel like they have to do it. It's because they have so many episodes a season that they need a break. They need to... Do they yeah. need to break up the season so it goes from September all the way to like to May. But the, yeah. but that that is flawed too because 
there already are too many episodes in shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Can you imagine the awesome stories that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could tell if they didn't have to fill out a 22-episode season? I'll say this. What they've been doing well, and and I'll compliment them on the last couple of mid-season finales, as it were, is they're not giant cliffhangers to, quote-unquote, keep you interested in the end of the season. Like... There, there's dangling threads and there's stuff that's obviously going to continue to happen. But as far as like the main plot line for this season, yeah, they wrap it up. It they got wrap. wrapped, you yeah. know, and it's it, it was a it was a decent ending, I guess is the, the best way to put it. And yeah, there's still loose ends and stuff, but I like that it's not like, oh, my God, everyone's going to die. Like if it had been three or four or five or ten years ago, that show would have ended about ten minutes sooner at the you know, uh, oh God, everybody's gonna die moment. You have to wait three or four months to find out what happened. So the yeah, spoiler I... guys looked down upon me and right as you started talking about Agents of Steel, my shitty Rio Grande internet uh, kind of kicked in and all I heard was jumbled robot voice up until about like two minutes ago. So I heard <laughs> none of your tons of spoilers. So thank you, spoiler gods. There you Yay, go. spoiler gods. I thank just, you, spoiler gods. I mean, I I get what you're saying. Like, I did, to me... There's like there is the bare bones of what has to happen. Like your plot is events A, B, C, and D happen, eventually leading to events C, D, and F, right? And then there's the how your characters get from point A to point B to point C is your characterization. That's what you're actually interested in. All these things can happen. What makes the story interesting is how the personalities of these characters are coming together to make that actually responsible. And that's why I think the character doing something dumb just to get from plot point A to B is the worst yes. because it's lazy writing. Yes. Like I have always like, it is lazy writing. Like there's characters do dumb things. Like I think, I think that like the sixth Harry Potter book is one of the most underrated Harry Potter books because you spend the whole time frustrated with Harry because he's not doing what Dumbledore asks him to do. But he's being a teenager who thinks he knows better than adults, which is what every single one of us did when we were teenagers. And he's obsessed with the kid that he hates. Like, and admittedly, it's like, we're all sitting there like, will you, asshole, will you please fucking get this stuff about Voldemort, who is obviously so much more important. And oh my God, you're going back in time through memories and all this crazy stuff. And Harry's just sitting there like, no, Draco is evil. Like, so that to me, it's like Harry did dumb shit throughout that whole book. And obviously he thinks his dumb shit cost him the life or of his favorite professor. But like that is like that is doing dumb things in service to the plot that makes sense based on characterization and based on all these things. I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Agent Colston is always the guy who seems to be the calm center of the storm. You know? Yes. Like, even when shit, like, that is his, like, main characterization. Like, this is the guy that, like, basically won't take no for, like, the first time we meet this guy is in Iron Man where he's, like, not taking no for an answer. And he he sighs and shrugs at the thought of Tony Stark because this man, he's just like, oh, my God. Like, that's what we see out of Agent Coulson and Thor. He's just like, oh. He walks up to this terrifying monster and he's like, Tony, what are you fucking doing? You know, this is not allowed. You know, this isn't, you know, just. And then to have him do something really dumb and make the wrong decision without. And obviously, apparently, from what you told us, this is devastating consequences. 
because now there's like a shit got cluster. real yo yeah yeah it's yeah. and he makes and and I would say, and I'll talk a little bit around spoilers now that we've got um, we've got people back who care. Um, he makes other decisions in that episode that are much more emotional, probably not the best decisions on the planet, but are you can understand it a little bit more because of what he how he's feeling and what he's doing and the reasons behind it. it's It's really that one moment that he makes this decision that just baffles my mind and there's really no logical reason behind it. And see, that's what, like, that's not what I mean. Like he could still make like what they, to me, what they should have done is either had him kill him and something else be going on that made him into whatever weird monster. But it's like, or you've got agent Colson. You've got the guy that we always trust to make the right decision, to be calm, to know what to do, to keep his head. So we should be going along with him and we should be believing along with him that everything he's doing is right. We shouldn't be as an audience. Colson, what are you doing? You idiot. We should be like, yeah, well, agent Colson's here now and everything's going to be okay. And to me, that would be such a better, like a better, a better way of saying yes. Like, this guy isn't always like his choices aren't always the right choices by having him make what everybody consensusly agrees is the right choice and then having it be the absolute fucking wrong one and we all not know it until it happens like that like and if you can't if you've written this guy so much that you can't see that out of his character and i have only seen movies that he's been in then i'm worried about whoever's writing this episode and maybe they had like too much pizza and just (laughs) like and did what I did today which is sit at work and stare at their computer and go man those tacos were a bad idea now all I want to do is nap and it's still 3 30 I've got an hour and a half to go like (laughs) (laughs) oh see now we want tacos oh yo man if you guys come I'll take you to this taco place it's really good I wish I could. I wish I could, but I've I've got shit to do this week and a, and a war of stars to watch. I have a lot of wars of stars to watch. Yeah, can I tell you about how excited I am for Monday the twenty eighth? We can finally play D and D and D again. Oh yeah, we were gonna talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so we we were actually were. I just wanted to have a song on the show at once. You just told I mean, we. We could if you guys want to. I mean, we've talked about it before on Gloom Shark. But yes, the next time we'll be recording will be the 28th. There's still plenty of episodes in the can that are going to be coming out. In fact, one will be coming out um, in six days. So Monday. Um, and sure. yeah, right, I mean. I drive home Monday or was it Tuesday? Yeah, I drive home on Tuesday, the 22nd. So I can add that to my uh, list of basically driving back for six hours. I can listen to episodes then. And <laughs> laugh at myself because I am so self-centered. And you can catch up on backstory of yourself. Yeah, I love me, so I'm gonna listen to me. That's I okay. Listen to them. I listen to them because otherwise I'm gonna forget. At Christmas, I'm gonna be like, "So, what have we been doing? Where are we? <laughs> What's going on? How dead is my character right now?" I will make sure that I have a, a decent recap prepped for before we do uh, that recording, but. Um, I can say that I've been listening to them a lot because I edit them together, and that's fun. You're sick I've of had our a lot voices, of aren't you? I'm what? I said you've got to be sick of our voices right now. No, I'm sick of my voice. 
So in, in an average D&D game, I talk a lot and I'm sick of my own voice. And that's saying something considering I'm a performer. We were talking earlier about how I'm going to name my fancy axe that I eventually get, hopefully, the border crosser. <laughs> we're going to name... That a, is that a hint for, for a magic weapon that you want in the future? Is that like, hey, hey, so... Well, I'm, that's what I'm going to name it. Because, you know, I'm down here sticking my hand through the fence at Mexico and... I said that my ex could cleave that wall. Yes, I was going to say, you have to tell her what the magical thing is. It's going to chop walls in two with a single... Oh, is that all? And I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll chop people. I mean, I, I was going to name it the cleaver because, you know, my intelligence is so high. <laughs> well, Maybe I'll call it Cleveland. You can call, yes, you can call it Cleveland. And then every <gasps> single time you attack somebody with it, you could make a really bad pun about that show, The Cleveland Show. Because, oh my God. Because, you know, our show of bad puns already. I know. I'm yeah, we... very well aware. <laughs> but yes, I am also looking forward to, to us doing, I haven't had any D&D this month at all because between us not doing a recording and then me having all these gigs, I haven't had my home game either. So Thursday is not just, Star Wars day for me. It's also the first d and I'm going to uh, be able to play in several weeks. And then after that, the next time will be that, that post Christmas show. So I'm, I'm jonesing. I'm jonesing for it. I got a chance to play a rather long board game on Saturday that I was very, very happy to get to play. Uh, it's called Twilight Imperium, and it's a game of galactic conquest. Oh, and you're playing Aslan. You get to play as Aslan. Yeah, yeah, it's the one where you, yeah, the, the Emirates of Hakan. And I was playing Aslan. as the space fops versus the space turtles, <laughs> the space vampires, the who else was out there? Anyway, after seven hours, I came out victorious. I was Yay. very happy. There were five players total. And we, we kind of slow played it a little bit. Like normally the rule with that game is it's going to last an hour per player plus one. So like if you have four players, it's probably going to last five hours. And ours lasted seven because we were, we were a little bit slow and we hadn't, um, we hadn't played in a while. And then we had like a dinner break in the middle. So anyway, that, that took up a little bit of time. Oh, ah, that's not bad. One of the other races was the space board. They're like literally the board. And wait, 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 aren't the Borg already it? Space Borg? Uh, it's space Borg everything just... is space themed, Lauren. <laughs> it's space Even the Aslan. space stuff is space based. Space, space Aslan, yes. Space. 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 Is space, space Aslan just like 100%. space lions? Uh, yes, they, they are, they are a race of space lions. They are traitors and diplomats. And lions. And also lions. Are there any space dragons? I think the closest would be the space turtles. No, oh, turtles are not dragons. I want to go to space. But that's like space, in Avatar space, space, where the turtles are like have cities. Do they have little cities on their back? Uh, not quite. They they are the turtles are actually a really really good race. They have a lot of stuff going for them and they they're just really solid race to play. But they're not dragons and if they're not space dragons, then it's not Jupiter I'm ascending. To, no, fuck that fuck that movie. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. god, that movie was <laughs> awful. I watched that. I watched that. I I rented it because I was it like, It is my not? favorite because bad movie yourself? of all time. Like, it is I, so much fun. Jules, you know if you need to talk to someone, you can talk to us. No, I just got But really not to late. me because I love that movie. 
everybody told me it was a wonderful like insert self like female power fantasy movie that we never get as and i was just like sitting there and i was like oh yeah i was it's a closer fantasy movie that females are supposed to get that's shit that's like seven percent of the power fantasy movies that guys get yeah that's just not it just wasn't no, it's it's a movie that you go to see because it's got amazing visuals and crazy clothes and space dragons. It did have some space dragons. But it also, like, there were some elements of it that I really liked. Some elements that I was, I was like, we're really doing this? Okay, we're doing this. Oh, we are really doing this. <laughs> it's a movie that commits to itself in a way Commit- that it has to or, or else it would just fall over flat. And, and, and Eddie amazing. Redmayne. Kind of talking like Kind of talking like shouting. He was just and exercising. Going back to this. Actually, his his neutral voice kind of sounded like the flump. <laughs> spoiler alert. I'll, I'll take that oh, as a spoiler, compliment. Spoiler, spoiler. Sorry, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> you haven't met the flump. We're going to bleep that out. No, this is what I liked about it. I actually thought the idea is that a bee would recognize a queen. That was pretty good. Like, of all the shit in the movie, like, the fucking space rollerblades. God damn it. And, and the space aliens bees. And space bees. But the idea that bees would recognize and bow down to a queen in any situation, I thought that was the coolest part of the movie. I was like, okay, you that's actually... And then Sean Bean was in it, and Sean Bean... I'm always rooting for him and I'm always worried he's going to die because, you know, (laughs) and but I was just like, Sean Bean can sit there and explain plot to me and I'll listen to Sean Bean tell me anything. I'm like, Sean Bean, I just, but yeah, that was, that was it. There was one fucking scene where the bees are like, you're a queen bitch. And like, it's kind of got, so like, I understand the female power fallacy, like the exiled queen, like exiled royalty, don't know your royalty. That's kind of like every little girl's like, you know, in a land where there are no queens and princesses, there's a lot of fucking little American girls that like to pretend they're an exiled queen or a princess. <laughs> but I was like, that one scene, the whole like, they're like, whoa, this is it, it's a little too too much on the bees. Like his whole house doesn't need to be like, that. that's gross. That's like constant humming. That's not cool. Um, but like, that was good. That was a good element of science fiction. That was a really good, like, the idea that there is something physically it plays with these like long concepts of royalty being genetic and actually some really disgusting concepts of like race and royalty but whatever but yeah the idea that they can recognize royalty i was like cool that's cool but that's like two and a half minutes and then you get to fly through jupiter's eye yeah that was cool and then there were space battles with space dragons and then there was like the whole like somebody really got into Vlad the Impaler and like his yes. wife that would bathe in the blood of virgins and they thought we could make a story based on this. You could have just told the actual story of Vlad the Impaler and everybody wouldn't like fuck this. But then we'd be having space vampires and then we'd be Twilight Imperium. Oh shit! Now we're back to Twilight Imperium. <laughs> I, I remembered the last. Do they also they, have they, space they, vampires? Yes, they the 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 Letnev uh the Letnev Collective I think is. They look like space vampires, and you can spend resources to make them stronger. Mm, and by uh, resources, I, and I think, we need we need A B negative. Yes, 
That, I think that's what it implied. It's trade goods, but uh, no, yeah. we need a I, positive or negative. The, the other race were the space nagas. They're literally nagas, but they are really nasty. They, they like they, space uh, snakes, like naga hide. Like like a naga is a is a creature with a human torso and a snake bottom half. Ooh. Yeah, and a snake head yeah. too, right? No, no, human head. Like, that comes like, out oh, that okay. like that human torso, human arms, human shoulders, human head. But, but then, but then uh, downstairs I'm, parts. Of I'm probably snake. thinking of the D and D version, which is much more. Those snake-y. are like Yanti or something like that. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're mostly snakes. So, do they also have fangs? They I don't. You. I don't think they. There's no pictures of the, with their mouths open. They're like so. They love starfighters. Like they have the best starfighters in the game, and they have lots of things to make their starfighters hit just as hard as other ships. They've got so, posters on their wall of the last starfighter. They they love fucking love Luke Skywalker, and they were really thrilled. Like they love Battlestar Galactica. So they have oh, they have like the Starbucks poster on the wall. But <laughs> so. That race was being played by probably the best player on the t- at the table, like just all around. He's a poker player. He, he normally wins at these kinds of games. And there were a couple of instances where I felt like I outmaneuvered him, not just in the space battles that were happening, but also like the diplomacy. Like there was, there was actual negotiations going on, which is rare for our games because we normally play this game with three Playing it with five was very interesting because it brought two new personalities into the mix who were very ready to make deals. And it, it was it, like the whole emotional gamut. Like if you read my tweets, like the first part of the game did not go well for me. I got my ass kicked, then tried to counterattack, got my ass kicked again. And it took me a while to recover. But there was a vote that happened where we were going to do something to two planets on the board, but you had to vote for which two planets. And there was real negotiation going on. There was like, well, I will pick this if you pick this, and then we'll have the votes to make it pass. And then this, this, this friend of mine who's the poker player was like, hey, Jonathan, we're the two guys in the lead. We need to pick these two planets so that we don't get screwed. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. If I pick these two planets, then you can swoop in and take both of them. I am not going to do that. I'm going to go with this other thing. That may have saved me. That, and it was, it was wonderful because it wasn't just, hey, let's throw ships at each other and, and roll dice and blow stuff up. There was plenty of that. But there was also a very interesting show, social element that we normally don't get with that game. And like I said, over seven hours, that is a really, really sweet victory feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. And that feels like modern day Monopoly. Like I remember when I was young playing Monopoly with my family and it would be one of those like all afternoon events and there would be that insider trading and the, hey, if you don't do this, then I won't do that. Or if you buy this, I'll buy that. Or do you want to trade these things? But Monopoly is such a boring fucking game. So I'm kind of... It is. It, it's the worst Monopoly of all time. Monopoly is also the easiest way to get in a fight with somebody you love. Exactly. <laughs> so to see play. these newer, long form, we're going to spend all day playing this damn game, and then we're going to have fun doing it. And it yeah, that's great. The What's interesting about it is that there were lots of questions about the rules because there is so much going on, and there are not only the rule books, but the rule books for the expansions, the errata for the original rule books because the expansions introduced new stuff and then the errata from the publisher we actually used a quote from the game designer to settle an argument over (laughs) or settle not really an argument but 
settle a rules question. You and would. it's the thing about Twilight Imperium, and I think Steven has actually d played. Steven's friends got him Twilight Imperium when uh, he was having his first Christmas in America, and I asked everybody to help me be Santa for him. And uh, I was like, what is this game with Space Oslan? And that's actually all I bothered to learn about. It's the problem <laughs> with it is that I don't think anyone here is. I don't think that game is above any any of my friends. The problem is the entry. Like when you first start, you have so many options and there are so many rules and everything you do is going to be what the later stages of the game build on that it is very intimidating for new players. It's one of the reasons why whenever I teach people who are new to board games, board games like Ticket to Ride and Alhambra and Blockus, those are games where you don't have a whole lot of choices, but you still have the chance to have a lot of fun. Alhambra especially is a game I continue to play. Oh, I love but, Alhambra. But when you come right down to it, there's only three things you can do a turn, and you only get to do one of them normally. So it's games like that where you learn to kind of process game rules leads to other games. Okay, well, then you get to play Catan and Stone Age, and then that leads to Alhambra and Rococo, and finally to Caverna and Twilight Imperium and all these bigger, meatier games. It's sort of like, it's just training for playing that kind of game. And that Battlestar Galactica game, which has 3 million rules and no, 20 million hours of games. No, 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 no. That Battlestar Galactica game shouldn't take more than an hour, it, but it all usually takes two, and that's way too long. Because all it is is just a reskin of uh, Shadows Over Camelot, which is not, like, it, there's not a ton of rules to Battlestar Galactica. It's, the problem is that the rules that it has are very grindy. It's not a fun hour or two hours. Whereas, like, every, every minute of that Twilight Imperium game was really engaging. You don't get that in in Battlestar Galactica. You well, the other thing about the Battlestar Galactica is game is that if you are not familiar with the characters or the setting, you you lose a lot. And so people who are need to explain to you who the hell these people are. And that took a long time. Well, and that's the other thing is that like with Shadows Over Camelot, it's essentially the same kind of game. You need to go out and do stuff for the good of Camelot, but there's a traitor in your midst that you have to maybe ferret out or maybe not. And it's much more straightforward. It's a much more easily approachable material because fucking everyone knows The Legend of Arthur. And it's just a more straightforward game. Whereas Battlestar Galactica is mired in the fact that it's Battlestar Galactica. And so it it is yeah. needlessly complex. Like, I, I and it's unfortunately a really popular game, but it is not the best social try and find the trader game. And I think a lot of people, if they want to look for that kind of Battlestar experience, they're just not going to find it. What they're going to find is like they wasted two hours. Whereas well, I will say could, I had fun playing it, even though I'm not a Battlestar Galactica fan. But yeah, there is a lot of minutia and there's a lot of craziness going on. And then there is a lot. I, I could see where a fan of the show would get a lot more enjoyment out of it simply for the I the am cash a fan in. of the show and I hate, fucking yeah. hate the game. But I, you're also even, a board game connoisseur. Well, no, here's even and his friends play Battlestar Galactica. And I always try to figure out if they've ever had fun. What they A, they won't teach me. Like, I'll be over there. I'm like, so this time I'm visiting. 
and we're gonna play Battlestar Galactica, right? And they're like, oh my god, it'll teach you, it'll, it'll just take like an hour to teach you how to play the damn game, and it won't be any fun. But they are always playing. And I'm like, why is this a, are you punishing yourselves? Because you still haven't told me you have fun playing this. And they do play another game that seems more fun because it has this like element of spies. I'm trying to think of what it's called. It begins with like an A. He's going to know because I, we did play and I'm not allowed to play that game anymore because I cheated in the best way possible. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it, what it might be. It's like you have like some people are spies and some people are not spies and there's like a mission you all go on and the spies the re- oh, are trying to Oh, Avalon. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like it's like just little cards. And so they call all the spies Cylons just because they play yeah. so much Battlestar Galactica. And I guess there was a time when somebody had to show me their cards, like whether they were a Cylon or not. And I'm just going to use the terminology because fuck it. And I was supposed to tell the group that they like he wasn't he wasn't a spy at all and i looked at his card and i was like yeah he's totally a spy <laughs> and i was like were you allowed fun. to lie or were you supposed to tell the truth no matter I was, what i was more beneficial to tell the truth and the other two spies knew that he wasn't a spy and they were like what are you doing what are you doing and i wasn't a spy and he knew i wasn't a spy and i was like yeah he's yeah, he's totally a spy. And they were so mad at me. And it was glorious because I just spent the rest of the game. And they were like, you're not taking this seriously. And I was like, are we supposed to be? But because I freaked everybody out so much, the other two spies basically outed themselves and we won the game. Like <laughs> that game is based on, a, on another game called The Resistance. And no, maybe that was it. I think it was Resistance. Yeah, well, there's also a Camelot version called Avalon, where it's essentially yeah. the same game, except it's, like, I think there are more roles. Like, you have a Merlin, and what the Merlin can do is he can, if he guesses who the the servants of Mordred are, then the good guys win. But if if they if he outs himself and dies, I think those good guys lose or something. So he doesn't want to out himself, and he doesn't want to make his prediction until the very end. Uh, but there's so many other good trader mechanic games. Like, uh, there's a new one called Dead of Winter, which is fantastic. Oh, that game's so good. Oh, it's, it's, Dead of Winter is so great. I, and it another, doesn't take nearly as long. It another takes, one that I really like is Betrayal at House on the Hill, because there's a lot Betrayal of... Betrayal on the House, that's a different, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd call that necessarily a trader mechanic game. I would call that an adventure game, but it does have, like, a road, like, no one person starts out as the trader, but you might become one. Right. Or there might not be a trader. It, it's it's a it's an adventure horror game, I, I would call it. But still a lot of fun. Yeah, still lots of fun. Lots of fun. Guys. I, it's what? my bedtime. Well, that sounds like a good time to go. <laughs> it's time for bed, everybody. Good so, night, Moon. <laughs> go the fuck to sleep. Good night. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> So next week we are going to have we're going to record a Star Wars uh, spoiler cast because we we can't assume that anyone's gonna 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 see it and then I think we'd be it would be kind of dickish for us to talk about it on the show proper. But next week we will hopefully have Jenga back. We will. T- I guess what we can talk about is our experiences seeing the movie. We'll we'll save yeah. that for the show. Yeah, yeah. I won't be here. My friend's birthday is next week, but. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys about it. I'll probably Absolutely. be on the road back to Austin. But uh, but you can find our panelists 
go ahead, go ahead and pimp yourselves real quick on your on your Twitters and such. You so, can uh, find me at Obo Crazy. You can find me on Twitter, on Rooster Teeth, on my website, on pretty much everything. That's me, Obo Crazy. You can find me at Julia underscore Rosa on Twitter and at Rooster Teeth. I'm just Jules, so that's pretty easy. And then yeah. I'm and then I am that film guy with spaces or underscores for spaces on Twitter and then just John on the Rooster site because I did it before all the other kids did it. <laughs> and now there are several Johns who actually work the Rooster Teeth that are like... Well, that was part of the reason why I did it was because I knew that they would eventually hire someone named John and I wanted to have the name first. That's so, because so, I'm so real talk, like I, I love my handle, but I'm seriously considering uh, grabbing Jonathan for, for that very same reason. Right, because eventually they're going to hire somebody, and they did, because, well, at least John Reisinger is J-O-N, but right. now there's John Mace, who's a good friend of mine that works there, and he's their equipment manager, and he's with an H. He's spelled the right way, but I took it before he could. Yes, but I am Jonathan, a.k.a. Roadblock, Road underscore Block on Twitter, Roadblock on the Rooster's Teeth site, and thanks, guys, for, for hanging out with us, and we will see all of you next week. Bye. Toodaloo, bitches. Yes, listen, uh, follow at Dungeon Drunks on Twitter and, and subscribe, iTunes, like, and, and all that, and, and our YouTubes and, and everything. And stop you know, stop listening, with you. We'll stop make it, but reality is we'll probably keep doing it. Oh, my God, many people talking. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the Internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glibshark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.